Hey everyone, Josh Taylor from CE Podcast here. I hope everyone is doing great. So, so happy to have you here. This is now our fourth episode. Thank you so much. Uh, the uh, experience has been amazing. I'm having so many people come back to me, uh, talking to me about how much they enjoy the podcast. So just again, thank you, thank you, thank you. So today, what are we talking about? We're talking about dominance. Is your dog dominant? So to get started on this, this whole scenario of dominance, okay, I just want you to know that dominance is something that I used for a lot of training back in the day. So when it came to my balanced dog training days, if your dog was going in front of you, they were trying to take control. If your dog was jumping and biting you, it was dominance. If your dog uh, was acting up, you should put your dog down onto their side. This is what wolves would do. Wolves would put their, the other wolf down onto the side to submit them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is basically what we were doing for years, okay? And I just want to add a little side note there. Technically, a lot of this information that we were getting were different theories that were based off of some science and some studies, okay? And it, it, the thing that I think is important to remember is that science and studies evolve and people learn things. And that's why we need to evolve. That's why we need to continue moving forward. So what we know about wolves has changed drastically and it's not quite what you think. So I'm here to tell you right off the bat that dominance generally does not exist in domestication, right? Now I'm talking about the actual definition. What is the definition? Definition of dominance. Dominance is defined as a relationship between individual animals that is established by force, aggression, and submission to determine who has priority access to multiple resources, such as food, preferred resting spots, and of course, mates. All right. Now, do we need to fight with our dogs over mates, mating? Absolutely not. Do we need to fight over our pets when it comes to resting spots? <laughs> Maybe, but it's not the same thing. Okay. And when it comes to, you know, priority access over food, they have their own food and it's not even close to the same thing. All right. Dominance does not exist in the world of domestication. The best way to, to study domestic dogs is to honestly study domestic dogs. All right. And, and what do we know? I mean, the list goes on, but I really wanted to get into this. I wanted to get into some of the things that I get a lot of so that it can help you and that you can maybe I, I hope to educate some people whether you're a dog trainer or just listening in um, and just want, you know, looking for more information or whatever the case might be. All right. The relationship with our pets, priority access to resources is not a major concern. It's just not. Most of these undesired behaviors that we are seeing has nothing to do with them trying to rule the world or rule the house even. All right. All they're trying to do, or I should say all they think they're doing is exactly what you've been telling them to do. Now, I know that might sound funny, but what I mean by that is you know, they need outlets for certain things. If your dog is chewing on the couch and you scold them or you're upset with them, you need to understand that that's not dominance, though. You need to 
have things there so that it's not your couch that they take that they that they destroy that it's the bone that they destroy or whatever the case and i understand that there's a hundred little problems in that equation i just gave you like they don't want, care about the bone they want the couch my point is i don't want to get too off topic anyone that knows me knows i can talk for hours so i'm just trying to you know keep it simple um, but you know, going back to dominance, when they're chewing something that they shouldn't be, they are not trying to take control. I'm going to get into some, once again, evidence-based literature to just kind of get into that a little bit to help you out. Okay. So, uh, one thing, by the way, is I wrote down a few things that, um, I always get a lot of. So stuff like, uh, greetings. I hear this very, very often about you know jumping up and stealing food, uh, jumping up and biting our coats or our scarfs or you know, grabbing our gloves. And this is a form of dominance, supposedly. All right. So your dog is trying to dominate you is what we would say. So we need to grab that dog and really pin the dog down to the ground, show the dog that this is what happens, that you're the boss and not them. All you're doing ladies and gentlemen, is increasing fear. Okay, you're causing more heartache and problems as time goes on. Also, you have to understand that these undesired behaviors, generally, you've been rewarding them without realizing it. This doesn't mean that uh, when your dog is jumping and biting you that you're saying good dog or you're treating them it's not necessarily like that. It could be as simple as you're running after them while they have the glove in their hand. Or when they're jumping on you and biting you, you're pushing them away. Or you're doing certain things that exhibit the behavior of, oh, I think they want to play with me. This is great. This is why it's so important that you focus on um, positive reinforcement. You focus on rewarding the desired behaviors. All right? So... You need to understand that your dog is not trying to take over. This is not what dominance suggests, okay? The mo most unruly behaviors, okay, do not occur out of desire to gain higher rank, but simply because the undesirable undesir behavior has been rewarded, whether you realize that or not. Sometimes it's not even that you're rewarding the undesired behavior. It's the fact that you're not rewarding the desired behavior. That is something that is so important to keep in mind, okay, when it comes to this stuff. I have something here. I want you to listen to this, okay? Dogs have diverged significantly from wolves in the last 15,000 years. Ancestral wolves evolved as hunters and now generally live in packs consisting of most often of family members. Okay, that was figured out in year 2000, everyone. Shame on me. Pack members cooperate to hunt and to take care of offspring. In a given year, generally only the alpha male and the female male mate so that the resources of the entire pack can be focused on their one litter. Dogs, on the other hand, evolved as scavengers rather than hunters. That has been evidence and categorized and figured out since 2002 so let me repeat that dogs on the other hand evolved as scavengers rather than hunters so already from wild to feral 
to domestication, it's such a huge leap. I mean, I'm not a scientist myself, but it's like chimpanzee, human, 99% DNA, yet that 1% has done a big difference, right? So I hope that was a good analogy, but hey, you know, we'll keep it in the podcast. <laughs> um, so I just want you to understand that that's that to me, that was like a big aha moment back in the day when I was learning and saying, you know, maybe balance training isn't the best. Maybe maybe dominance doesn't actually exist the way I think it exists in domestication. Um, so, again, wow, you know, on uh, you know, d dogs have evolved as scavengers rather than hunters. Well, that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, this is very important to, to hear as well. Currently, free-roaming dogs live in small groups rather than cohesive packs, and in some cases, spend much of their time alone. They do not generally cooperate to hunt or to raise their offspring. offspring. And virtually all males and females have the opportunity to mate. Do you see where we're going with this? With the definition of dominance? It doesn't apply. It applies to lions, elephants, monkeys, um, bulls. I mean, it, but it doesn't apply to dogs. All right. That's why we are where we are now. That's why us science-based dog trainers don't talk about dominance and domestication together usually. Okay. But it's still something that is very, very uh, connected in the dog training world. It's time to evolve. All right. Uh, you know, I hear that, you know, if you think your dog is dominant, you should roll him on his back into an, uh, what we, well, what I used to call, we call it an alpha roll. All right. And growl in his face or, you know, make like a claw, like, uh, like on the neck. I remember, I even remember saying this, you know, like, okay, so you want to put your dog on the side and have that claw kind of like, you know, right under, right under their neck, right on the side of their neck or just under the hip where the artery is. And, you know, this is just increasing fear and, and causing so much anxiety. They were so confused, especially with what we know now. All right. And oh, by the way, pack of wolves, they don't do that. FYI, the studies that they've done like now, the now, okay. Like you're looking at studies that happened so long ago with that notion that, that they wolves put wolves in the alpha, in the alpha roll position. Okay. Higher ranking wolves do not roll lower ranking wolves on their backs. Rather lower ranking wolves show their submissive status by offering to roll on their backs. That is very different. It, it is again, wolves versus dogs. All right. It is entirely different. Once again, just another factor that dominance and the whole alpha role situation does not connect. It does not connect. You know, think of it like this. If the queen was in front of me, I'm assuming we have to bow. We are showing that we are sub, you know, that we are submissive. We are bow. It doesn't mean that the queen grabbed me by the neck and threw me down and said, you know, you must submit to me. Okay. No, that's not how it works. You have to understand where all this force is coming from. And dominance is a big factor in there. If you're listening from home or wherever you are right now, understand that dominance 
is not a thing when it comes to your dog at home. Furthermore, pinning a dog down is not only scary, and it will not just it will not address the root of the fear. What I mean is that, you know, dog jumps on me and I grab him and I put him down into this alpha role position because he's being dominant. And you think that he's learning, oh, I shouldn't jump on him. But all that's really happening is that you're you're heightening his fear in general. If you tell me, well, yeah, I want him scared of me so that he doesn't do it again, then you're completely missing the point. You know, I've heard that, um, you know, to be the boss or the leader, you have to go through doors first or walk ahead because that's what wolves do. Um, so by the way, okay, wolves of the highest ranking only lead for the hunt. You're not going on a hunt. All right. When you go walk your dog down the street to go meet, you know, Fido or, or whatever, you know, to have a play date. Okay. You're not going hunting. <laughs> All right. More than that, when they are hunting, they do not keep a tight linear formation based on their rank. So you can have the leader in the back. It's possible, okay? It doesn't mean that the, the leader has to be out in front, okay? Feeding dog treats will cause them to become dominant. So first off, if we're once again relating it to the wild, even though I feel like there's no purpose to do that because we know that domestication and the wild are two separate things and dominance does not exist in our dog at home, but we're going to get into it. So uh, when it comes to food, everyone criticizes treats. It's a bribe, this, that. FYI, if it's a bribe, you're not doing it right. I think that's something to really just kind of factor in in all of this, okay? So with dog treats, if you are feeding your dog dog, tre dog treats for whatever the behavior, it, people think that this will make your dog dominant. And even in the wild, if we go back to the wild, even if that was to differentiate, like, oh, well, we don't do this in the wild. Okay, well, actually, adult wolves would frequently give their puppies food. Okay, and males of other species would frequently, fre frequently court females by bring, bringing food to them. So what does this tell you? It means that food is definitely a notion of like, hi, how are you? It's not a bribe. It's a lot deeper than that. Okay. So I want you to understand that when it comes to your dog behaviors at home, we're using food because we're trying to teach them and reward them for good behavior, not alpha roll them and throw them down to the ground because they jumped on us and show them that, you know, we're getting them to believe that, you know, we're going to harm them or hurt them if they do it again. Do you think that that's how, do, do you think anyone should live like that? I mean, they're sentient after all. Do you think that you, should your dog live in fear? People say, oh, well, you know, I did this to my dog and my dog's not afraid of me. Mm-hmm. These are also the same people, in my opinion, and I, I'm not judging because I was one of these people, but so I could even, I can even use myself as an example. Uh, I would say that I remember with Daphne, I would say, well, yes, I do these things, but Daphne loves me and you know, we still have a great relationship. I will be honest with you. 
now looking at everything I know, there was zero relationship there. Or I should say there was a relationship, but not one that was good. So, I mean, it was, everything was based off fear, walking on eggshells, you know, you name it. Right. Which I, I discussed a little bit more in our, our previous episode, um, when it came to uh, science-based and why. Um, but I think it's important to understand that people think that their dog respects them, but it's just fear and they, they don't really understand what's happening. And it's sad. It's really sad. I feel for those dogs that are in people's homes where they're just depressed. It's sad. And, you know, one other thing that I'm actually going to just kind of go into is um, dominance in dogs. This isn't a personality trait. All right. You know, I I hear this all the time. People will say things like, and, and I'm not... I feel I don't want you to feel like I'm I'm attacking anyone who's listening to this. I'm just trying to get you to understand the whole point of me explaining all of this is to get you to understand that dominance isn't a thing. And it's very, very hard for me to talk about this when I'm with a client. So people will say stuff like, oh, my dog is dominant and I don't even get into it. I just kind of go with what I want them to do instead And the reason why I don't talk about it is because as you can see from this podcast is that there's a lot to talk about and we can really get it. I can even get into more detail about this, which could be like, you know, one of our premium um, uh, podcasts. But my point is, okay, is that it's not a personality trait. So if if I come to you and I say, oh, yeah, well, you know, she does this. She's really dominant. She's a dominant dog. You're basically saying that like that's a personality trait that she just exhibits exhibits dominance in all shapes and form like she is dominant. This is not possible if she's jumping and biting other people or other dogs. It's either the behaviors have been rewarded somewhere or somehow and you don't realize it or you haven't been focused on rewarding desired behaviors. It doesn't mean that they're dominant. And I think it's so important to remember this, that we're not dealing with the wild here. We're not dealing with wolves, okay? We're not even dealing with feral, right? We're dealing with domesticated dogs. This is why it is so important that we are using treats, that we are reinforcing the behaviors we like and that we love, that we try and redirect or... um, you know, change the the bad habits by implementing the positives on the good things. Dominance does not exist. And it took me so long to understand that. And again, just to be politically correct, I'm saying dominance doesn't exist in the dog training world. All right. It really doesn't. Stop making the excuse that your dog is dominant and start figuring out what you can do to have a better and more peaceful and blissful relationship with your dog. I hope you liked the podcast. I wanted to keep this one short because I know the last one was super long. So I just wanted to get a little bit out of the way, at least about dominance. Now, um, I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback about wanting more content about whatever the topic was. So I'm trying to keep the podcasts short or at least short 
ish. Um, so what we decided to do is that we are going to have a premium podcast. So this is where you subscribe, you have a subscription and whatever the topic is, we're going to have pro- premium content that only comes out for those premium uh, users. Okay. This is not mandatory and I will still talk about tons of things. Um, but I want you to know that that feature is going to be something that we're going to be adding into uh, the podcast people want it. So I'm totally excited to want to do that for you. Um, and I mean, it's also a massive compliment. So thank you so much. So I hope that you want to be part of the premium content when, um, when it is released. So if so, you can see the information on our links. Okay. Again, thank you so much. Uh, please any feedback, anything at all, CE podcast at canineeducation.ca. I want to hear from you. Uh, thank you so much. Bye.